Good afternoon, everyone. Did everybody have a good lunch? Everybody feel good and sleepy? Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Wake up now. Wake up time. I don't really make this thing happen. I'm sleepy. Uh, i tell you, there's a little story about a uh, uh, preacher was preaching, and he looked back, and he saw Bill back there sleeping, and and he shouted back to Bob, who was sitting beside him, said, Bob, wake up, Bill. And Bob shouted back and said, well, you put him to sleep, you wake him up. <laughs> so we That's want to it. wake That's up this afternoon, all right? Let's begin by having prayer, and then we'll turn it over to Jeremiah. Heavenly Father, we give you praise, we give you thanks for this afternoon that we have this opportunity to learn how to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we just pray you're blessed today, all the seminars, and especially right here with Jeremiah Weeks. Lord, bless him. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And Jeremiah, I will, make, I will make you. All right. Yeah, we may be a little hot here. Okay. We're going to tell you what we're going to do. Yeah, we've got the, we're recording today, but, uh, you know, I probably don't really need it here, but if we can just record, I don't know if we have the choice to do one or the other. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. All right. Tell you what we're going to do. We're going to come straight up front. We're a small enough group. We're going to come up close today. So we're going to come right in, let's say right in, right in here. How about that? Thank you. Thank you. I'm an evangelist. We call people forward. Come to the front. Today's the day. All right. Okay. Good to be with you today. And remember some faces from yesterday. We have Les, who's with us, who was, who was here yesterday. And we have John. John? Yes, John. Who's with us? And uh, now I will tell you guys we're, what we're doing this week is kind of repeating the the program throughout the week because we knew we'd have different people on different days. So uh, heads up, and, and you'll have a you'll have a heads up on what's coming. But uh, all right, what we'll do again? My name's Jeremiah Weeks, and I'm the director of Share Him, which uh, is you may already know we are a a department, in fact, of the Carolina Conference. Share Him, uh, I started in 2005 with Share Him, and Share Him began as global evangelism around 2000. So uh, almost 20 years coming up in a few years. Uh, and um, our passion, our mission, is to encourage and to equip Seventh-day Adventist Christians, that's you and me, to share the gospel wherever we are. And to just be more active in doing that. And that's, that's what we're about. And uh, uh, as I said, Share Him is a department of the conference. We're a little bit of a hybrid in that regard. We don't receive any tithe. We don't receive any conference funding. Uh, but we do operate under uh, the conference umbrella. And we've appreciated so much being part of Carolina for many, many years. So, my name's Jeremiah. How do you remember that? That's kind of an... From the brochure. Now, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's probably, that's the most honest answer right there. I love it. Um, now, there are ways, you know, that uh, we can 
keep track of a name. Jeremiah's kind of an odd name. At least that's what I've always been told. But uh, we, uh, growing up, there were certainly folks, especially my uncle, who would help me uh, be sure I knew what my name related to. He'd say, Jeremiah, Jeremiah, that's, that's, you know what he'd say? Well, he sometimes said that's a Bible name. Uh, he didn't bring that up too much. It, it wasn't quite my generation, but close. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Three dog night. That's it. So, um, yeah, as I introduced myself, um, I could try to maybe help you remember my name. That's a nice thing to do, isn't it? Uh, I could say, my name's Jeremiah. But I don't look like a bullfrog, do I? Something like this. Sort of silly thing that I might do. Okay? And you say, well, he's kind of crazy. But you might remember that name. Let's try a few other names. So that's sort of a mental hook that helps you remember a name. Let's try a few others and see if we can do it. Now, guys, we're going we're gonna to get to you. We're going to get to you. Especially Les. <laughs> Les reminded me, you've got to catch my name from yesterday. Yeah, we're going to get him today. But let's try a few. We aren't that many here, about 20 of us. Let's see what we can do. If you would, tell me your name, and let's see if we can think, or you can give us one, maybe a mental hook that will help us remember a name. Sister. Sybil. Sybil. All right. Sybil. What's a way to remember? Do you ever have people, did you have a nickname when you were little? All right, well, I'm not sure that would quite help us. But, um, all right, Sybil, that's a good one. How could we remember that? You can, you can think of something kind of silly. Oh, not, that's the one I was thinking of. What is it? Simple. Now, I know Nancy. I know her name, and I remember it pretty well. She's my mother-in-law. <laughs> all right, so we could think of that. Yeah, those crash cymbals. And you see Sybil, and you imagine, oh, she's up there in the orchestra, bang, okay? It's a silly mental picture, right? But the silly things we tend to remember. It's, it's out of the ordinary. So what's my name again? Oh, yeah, and, and what is her name? Yeah, Sybil. And when you see her this week, you can say, hi, Sybil. It was great being in the program with you. How are you doing? All right. Sister, tell us your name. My name is Sadie, and I'm an ITEL people. Most of you remember Sadie Hawkins Day and Will Abner. You may not remember it, but Will Abner College Street. All right. That's the day when the, when the girls chased the boys. Okay. <laughs> so, so there's some obvious association there, right? Sadie, Sadie. Well, let's try. And, and the, the interesting thing with this, of course, is we've got to give a hook that connects with the person we're talking to. So that's one that would work very well, I think, for some people. And for other people, we might give a different one. Um, for example, my name. Uh, in some parts of the world, people never heard of that song. So what could I say? Well, if it's in a church setting, if it's a church setting, I could talk about the... Uh, so the biblical, the, the weeping prophet, that's it. I could say, I'm not weeping today. 
full of joy. Okay, so it, it's just depending on the setting, right? All right, so Sadie, let's help me out. How can we, how can we remember that one? Hmm. Well, we don't want to get, we don't want to associate the wrong one. Then it'll be stuck. <laughs> Sadie, Sadie. Oh, that's pretty good. Now, this just seems, this kind of a silly exercise, but not quite. Here's the thing to realize. In evangelism, names are very important. Because names and calling people by their name and remembering their name shows that people are important to you and that you value them. There's another reason, too, but let's, let's keep going. So, Sadie, all right. Um, Miss Sadie, the lady here. Now, we don't want to associate it with the, what she's wearing, necessarily. I was going to say the lady in the, the, the coral pink here. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep working on that one. Please, what's your name? Marilee. Marilee, we roll along. Nice. I like that. So I have to make a mental picture. See her face. And then I could imagine she's, uh, I don't know, rolling down the hill. Okay? Silly association, but it helps me remember. Because... All right. Well, you're never, you know. It's always still opportunity. Uh, now, what was her name? And what was her name? What's my name? And what's her name? Marilee. Very good. Oh, Sadie, we want to see you. <laughs> Let's try a few more. We're going to... They want to see the whites of your eyes here. <laughs> now they got it. Now it sticks. Let's try another, sister. Carol. Carol, all right. So? Carol of Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I can, I can imagine. Okay, this is, I can imagine. Somebody's knocking at the door. What is it? It's Christmas time. Open that door. It's cold outside. Who's there? Carol. She's singing. Yeah. So I, I make that mental picture, and you've got to make that picture. In your mind, there she is. Open the door. Ah, she's singing. Beautiful. Carol. All right? Let's try a few more. Brother, what's your name? Robert. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, So, what can help? And let's see. (laughs) Yeah, you could associate with someone else. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can see him bobbing for apples. Oh, okay. You know when you go fishing and that thing bobs in the water? Oh, okay. Oh, I see. Now, sometimes you may come up with a mental picture that you shouldn't share with the person whose name you're remembering, <laughs> to be fair, okay? But it still might help you. I can think of a few people I've met over the years, and I'm not going to tell them how I remember their name, but I remember it. Okay, so that's Bob. And who's with you, Bob? (laughs) Jackie. 
Beautiful, beautiful. Let's keep, let's keep rolling. Brother, what's your name? Andy, all right. Andy. Well, that, that'll help you, definitely. Good. <laughs> I remember it's her cat's name. No. Um, oh, okay. Sure. I could imagine, I could imagine that. Andy Griffith Show. So I, I could, let's see. What's another one? Sounds good? It's whatever works for you. All right, so Andy. Oh, we'll, think, we'll use Andy Griffith. That's a pretty common one. So now we've got to associate you somehow with that. We're in Mayberry or, or Mount Airy or wherever it is. All right, and there he is. And uh, uh, what, what is he doing? He's got, a, he's got a bullet in his pocket, right? Isn't that what it is? No, wait, that's Barney. We're going to get the wrong name. <laughs> Okay, so, oh, and I will tell you, this is John. John, now, help us with that. What did we use yesterday? I'm trying to remember. John, what, what's, we could think of, uh, in a biblical sense, you could think of John the Revelator. All right, he's out there, he's on that island, he's by himself. He's seeing that vision. He's writing it down. You, you have to make that picture. Okay? But let's try it. All right, what's my name? Oh, that's right. What's her name? Mary. Hmm. Her name? Pretty good. What about her name? Yeah, let's see. How about, what was his name? Yeah, good. And her name? And in the back? And who's right here? Bob, that's right. And Jackie. All right. Jackie's got the goldfish. Those look good. Okay. So we don't have the room. Well, almost. Um, we'll catch a few of you later on. But here's your job. The rest of this week, you see these people. You greet them by name. Hey, Carol. Good to see you. Hey, Andy. Great. What's going on there? What's going on as we... As we greet people by name, there's a greater chance for a relationship to grow. We're more willing to address that person and get into a conversation with them. It feels like I matter to you. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was uh, Dale Carnegie talked about how a person's name is the most beautiful sound. Isn't it? Yes, in the whole language. Most beautiful sound, to hear that name. Names really matter. Names show people are important to us. Yeah, John. Didn't the uh, biblical names, all, they all had a meaning. I mean, they, they, had, they meant something. So when someone said some, a name, they were stating something about that person. Mm -hmm. But it's not like that with us. You know, we're just names. Well, and we, but we still definitely show don't we, that, that I took the effort, I went to the effort to remember your name. You must matter to me. This is important because evangelism is built around two big ideas. One, sharing of message, and another, building relationship. We're seeking to share a message about 
what God has done in this earth with humanity, what God's doing right now, and his plan for each one of us. We seek to build relationship. And sometimes message comes first. Sometimes relationship comes first. But you have to have both. You have to have both. We're seeking to build relationship with people and help them build relationship with Jesus Christ. Okay, we got some of the names. Let's roll on. All right. <clears throat> Today we're, uh, we're going to look at a, a few materials that uh, we put together a few years back. And uh, we have a few pieces of these that we'll share with you. These are things we make available. Uh, there are two main sides to what Share Him does. One is we call Share Him Presentations. And this is where we build materials of different kinds for people to use in local presentation. Uh, historically evangelistic preaching. And we have a few sets of sermon uh, material that is available. It's free. Uh, and it's for use by, by anybody. Um, then the other side of what we do, and I'll talk about that a little bit before we're done today, is we call Share Him Trips. It's primarily involving youth and young adults. And uh, it's an experience that gives them a chance to be involved as a guest speaker in a local evangelistic meeting and is really meant to help that young person awaken to evangelistic priorities and a, have a, a growing passion for sharing the gospel. So let's jump in. Very beginning of Acts of the Apostles, Ellen White writes this. And I think it's, uh, it's quite meaningful for us, the church. Who's the church? It's you and me. We are God's appointed agency for the salvation of men. We were organized for service, and our mission is to carry the gospel to the world. The interesting thing, uh, in another place, she writes, God could have reached his object of saving sinners without our aid. He could have done it by himself. But in order that we might develop a character like Christ's, we must share in his work. Evangelism is both about the, the hearer and the teller. And it's important for both. If you take that uh, and, and rearrange it logically... It says, essentially, we cannot develop a character like Christ without sharing in his work. It's, it's an essential part. And God has chosen to use you and me. This is the method. There isn't some other big plan. This is the plan. So sharing the hope we have, sharing what God has done for us, it is part of the plan of salvation. Think of that. You get to be part of the plan of salvation for someone else as you share what Jesus has done and as you share the hope that we have. So it's a big responsibility. It's a privilege. It's an honor. And that's what we're about. 
Who's involved? Mark chapter 5. This is the first time in the Gospel of Mark. First time in the Gospel of Mark that Jesus sends someone to declare what he has done. The first Christian missionary. First one. And who is this? Who is this person who was trained, prepared, equipped? Before this, Jesus had told people, don't tell, don't say. But here he sends, and it was someone who had been healed. It was the demoniac. Man who just hours before was demon-possessed. And he says, Jesus, I want to go with you. Jesus says, no, go back home to your town, to your family. Go back and tell what great things the Lord has done for you and how he's had mercy upon you. The first one, at least in the Gospel of Mark, that Jesus sends out, is he prepared? Is he equipped? Seems like a pretty short training. Doesn't seem like much. But Jesus sends him. I think he was qualified. Here's why. He had been with Jesus. His life had been changed. He had a story to tell, and he's willing to tell it. That's it. That, in a nutshell, is is what witnessing and soul winning and outreach and evangelism and all of that is about. Have I been with Jesus? Has he changed my life? If so, I've got a story to tell. Am I willing to tell it? And my story is going to be different than somebody else's story, but it will relate to people in a way that someone else's story won't. They saw that change. Can you imagine that testimony? It's, it's, it almost speaks for itself. Look at me. Look what God has done. Hallelujah. Yeah, John. You take the hog palmer when you're going out and testifying. It's a good question. He certainly had a story to tell. That's for sure. So there is always central to soul winning and evangelism sharing my story, sharing the story of what God has done, sharing the story that nobody else can share in the way that I can. Evangelism is all about telling the story. And uh, we see even in Revelation 12, They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by what? The word of their testimony. There's power. And God works through that shared testimony. Carol, yeah.
I don't think it always has to be. I think we suit things to where they are. But I think there's powerful things. We'll jump. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll work with that in just a minute. The, here's a good one. This relates a bit. Ellen White, early writings. This is a good one. First off, she says, The Lord has shown me that great interest should be taken by Sabbath keepers to keep up their meetings and make them what? Yeah, I like that. She says, could you at least make the meeting? should be interesting. All should have something to say for the Lord, for by so doing they will be blessed. Who should have something to say? The, the pastor? Yeah, all. Interesting. A book of remembrance is written of those who do not forsake the assembling of themselves together, but speak often one to another. I saw that God has been merciful in giving us the power of speech. He has given us a tongue, and we are accountable to him for its use. She keeps going. We should glorify God with our mouth, speaking in honor of the truth and of his unbounded mercy, and overcome by the word of our testimony. There it is again, through the blood of the Lamb. Now it gets really interesting. Some hold back. Some hold back in meeting because they have nothing new to say and must repeat the same story if they speak. I saw that pride was at the bottom of this, that God and angels witnessed the testimonies of the saints and were well pleased and glorified by their being repeated weekly. Even if the same story were repeated, God would be glorified. The angel showed me those who cease not day nor night to cry, Holy, holy, Lord God Almighty. Continued repetition, said the angel, yet God is glorified by it. Although we may tell the same story over and over, it honors God and shows that we are not unmindful of his goodness and mercies to us. Same story. Same story. Why the same story? I could think of a few reasons. One is that, as we already talked about, evangelism, witnessing, it's not just about the hearer. It's about the teller also. Nothing to fear for the future, except as we forget how God has led us in our past history. There's another reason I can think of why telling the same story is meaningful. I think in a, in a healthy environment, in a healthy local church or meeting, there are new people. There are new people. I didn't hear your story before. I'm new here. Powerful stuff. And as we, with so many things in witnessing and evangelism, practice makes a difference. Yeah. The, the, I have, one thing, I mentioned that with Share Him, we do these uh, Share Him trips with young people. And we take them to be involved as guest speakers for small local evangelistic meetings in churches that invite us to come. And sometimes with some of these young people, you know, we're encouraging them to prepare, to practice, and we have a whole program for this. And sometimes they'll say, well, you know, I, I try to I just not worry about it too much. I get up there. I let the Spirit lead me. Well, the, the, the thing is, the Spirit can definitely lead when you're not prepared, but the Spirit can also lead you to prepare <laughs> and to practice. 
and there is something to be said for, I mean, the Lord gives us a mind and uh, expects us to use it. Amen. So there's something to be said for preparing, and there's also something to be said for improving in the doing. In some of the parts of the world where we see the Seventh-day Adventist Church growing the fastest are places where local congregations have regular evangelistic reaping. This comes up sometimes in these trips that we do. We'll take uh, young people maybe to somewhere in Latin America. And they'll say, you know, I just don't get it. Because uh, I heard that like six weeks ago they finished a, a different evangelistic series. And like in a month they're having another one. So this doesn't seem so special. Well, regular, low-budget evangelism is a growth strategy that seems to work. Regular, low-budget, local evangelism. We get better as we do it. We get more experience. More people get to be involved. We learn as we go. We match people's timing and schedule more because there's a greater frequency of events. And we don't have such high expectations that this is a once-in-a-lifetime, all-our-eggs-in-one-basket experience. Um, yeah, please. Don't worry, in four years, sister, we're going to be holding a big crusade, campaign, whatever it is. Yeah, regular. In, uh, in the inter-American division, where we do quite a bit of work, very often in a church, it's, it's structured into the DNA and the schedule of the church. You don't, there's no question about will we, will we. Well, that's what we do. We have the ladies' campaign, where ladies are the presenters. We have the children's campaign, where children are We have the youth campaign, where youth will be the presenters. We have the elders' campaign. We have the men's campaign. We have the, this whole thing. It gets lots of people involved. And... Very often it can get brand new people involved. Again, how much qualification do you need to be an evangelist? Seems according to Jesus, not much. In our eyes. In our eyes. So the Powerful stuff. Well, she said if we had more testimony, we would we'd have more people. Mm. I mean, she said we could have them all the time, testimony. I think somewhere along the way, we picked up the idea that evangelism needs to be Hollywood perfect somehow. Um, but we're real people. I mean, this is real life. And, uh, yeah. When we hear real stories of real people we know, there's value for the teller and the hearer. Yeah, yeah one more, then we'll keep going. John.
you're going to be rejected. You know, they rejected Christ. They're going to reject us. But still yet, we're planting a seed. And then we, we allow God to uh, give the increase. Because we, we can't do anything. You know, so I think that's one of the number one things. And, and I think that was another, another thing is that, that a lot of Christians are ashamed of the Lord. You know, and I know this because it happened to me. I, uh, I got saved, and then the Lord uh, gave me a, a ministry of Christian hats. And I, I actually, when it started, I bought my hat for somebody else. And then the Lord put it on my heart that I should wear that hat. And I come up to a Walmart. That's right. I know that happened to me, and, and I know that's real, and I know rejection is a very powerful mm. thing that hurts a lot of Christians and keeps them from going out into the world and, and testifying for the Lord Jesus. Well, and, and certainly, is another big reason why people don't go out and certainly, as we as we share with others, we uh, we learn in the doing too, and I think there are times when we <clears throat> when we learn approaches that can be more effective and and we we fine-tune what we're doing mm-hmm. and that only comes in the doing you got to jump in it's that way with pretty much all witnessing and soul winning so quickly I want to share with you three kind of key parts of a healthy lifestyle of evangelism both for an individual and for a local church. Let's look at this real quick. One is the one-on-one relational element. Developing what what we like to call kingdom friendships. Kingdom friendships, what's that? Uh, The idea is, if I have a friend here, then wouldn't I also like to be that person's friend in the heavenly kingdom? Sure, sure. So it, this idea is meant to help us think long term. This is not something of days or weeks. This is, I want to be your friend in heaven too. One-on-one relationships. Taking time to connect. Taking time to uh, to get to know people, to know their heart, to know what they care about. This is not about trying to trick people or fool people. And we have to be careful with that. Because that's been done. Where we, 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 we try to use friendship and relationship as a, as a hook. That's not what this is about. It has to come from the right place. Lord, Help them to see Jesus through me. 
Help me to not be afraid. Help me to be willing to invest in people the same way you invest in people and invested in me. So this is, uh, what does this take? Number one ingredient is the most valuable asset you've got. Time. Yeah. It's the one, it's the, it's the one thing you don't get back. <laughs> Time. And we've got to be willing to invest in people. It doesn't just happen on its own. And it's not easy. We're busy. This is, we're living in a busy society. <clears throat> but it's about taking time. And connecting. Already, I know that each of us, we have some doors of opportunity open. That may not be open to somebody else you know. But they're open to you. Somebody you went to school with, somebody you work with, somebody you live near, somebody in your family, somebody who you have some kernel of relationship with, and that relationship can grow, can grow with God's help. And it can grow in such a way that, that, that you can make it clear you care about this person. Deepening one-on-one relationship. Well, but what does this have to do with faith? What does this have to do with witnessing? This is simply this. I am much more willing to, to, to even consider matters of faith or religion, things that are very close, with somebody who I'm close to, especially at important times in my life. I may be close to that for years, may not be interested, but things happen in people's lives and and there are sort of inflection points in people's life where things are changing. And for a certain window of time, they may be open. Um, for a certain period of time, they, they, they may be open to new ideas. And in times like that, people, they go to friends. Those relationships really matter. So there's opportunity to build and deepen one-on-one relationship. And it doesn't just happen by chance or accident. It's got to be an intentional kind of thing. We have uh, put together over the years a few tools that kind of help with this. Uh, the tools aren't really what matters. It's just the intentionality. I'll show you a few things. And these, you can get these on the Sheridan website. Um, personal prayer and friendship list. A little booklet that we put together once. The idea is just... If there's someone who I'm building relationship with and praying for, then uh, I can sort of keep track. How is this relationship growing? Am I taking time to see it, to, to grow it? Uh, there's an app as well. It's free. You can get that. And it helps with this same sort of thing. <clears throat> All right. Second step. Second piece. It's similar, but now we're in the sort of the group setting. Building relationship in the group setting. Building a network of relationships. And what's this? This is basically, now it's not just that I know somebody, but I'm able to introduce them to some of the other people I know. Or, uh, or maybe it's that I know you at my church, but now I have a chance to get to know some of the other people you know. This 
can be done in a structured environment. There are certainly uh, a lot of things that, that local churches tend to do that, that are great opportunities for this. Uh, we, I like to call them get-to-know-you events or get-to-know-you activities. They also are sometimes known as community programming, health programming, of manage your money seminars, events, uh, you name it. There's all kinds of things that churches do. But if you can, can keep somehow that mindset that this is a get-to-know-you event or get-to-know-you activity, then, then what, what is the measure of success in a get-to-know-you event? Did you get to know some people? That's it. That's it. Now, there are other side benefits, like maybe you help people stop smoking. Maybe you help people have better heart health. Maybe you help people manage their money. Whatever it is, those are side benefits. It's important, yes. That might be why people are interested. But did you get to know some people? Did you build some connections and some relationships? We've seen way too many events where we think it was a great success. Maybe we'll see those people again someday or not. Don't even know their name. We've got to take advantage of the opportunities we've got. None of the people that Jesus touched paths with ever forgot his name. And it should be the same with you and me. Mm. That takes some work. All we have to remember is when you walk away, something you touched your heart. And the door, in most cases, is open for a continued connection, continued relationship. I think too often we assume the door is closed and it's not closed. Or we think, well, we, made a, we, we planted a seed and maybe in 30 years from now, somewhere else, okay, maybe, but you know the person now. I mean, you, you know them this week. There's, there's still opportunity out there. Um, it doesn't have to be the structured event. It can be simply... A chance to build relationship with, with any kind of group sort of setting or activity. Um, the young moms, whatever it is. Things that churches do. Often churches will have social activities. But these same things, if they're flipped sort of outward facing, they are great opportunities for getting to know people, witnessing, connecting, helping people see, hey, some of these folks are actually friendly. They actually care about people. They're not nuts. John, yeah. I know one day that if God gives an increase, 
by then, I'm hoping I'll be enlightened enough to remember. But I think a great part of this is being, you know, uh, connecting and making friendships is great. But I can only have so many friends because I don't have the time, that important mm -hmm. thing you were talking about. I don't have the time to connect with every single person. And certainly these relationships aren't going to be at the same depth and level with everybody. Um, I will say this, though. In that network setting, in that group setting, I may find that somebody else I know connects with someone in a way that, that I didn't. Um, you know, different people have different interests, different backgrounds, whatever it is. Um, but the more opportunities there are, the, that is to say, the more potential relationships there are and people to connect with, the greater chance, I would say, that there'll be somebody who I'll sort of click with. And I think the benefit of going two by two in life, Jesus says, in all two by two, mm. double, double your odds that somebody's going to click up. That's pretty neat. I, I never thought of that. That's pretty neat. Let me keep rolling. We're, our time's getting tighter. But um, certainly with uh, those unplanned, unstructured activities, there's opportunity. Uh, it's been a few years ago, but I was at a church not too far away from here, and Sabbath morning, during the announcements, somebody got up and said, well, we've gotten a few weeks coming up, the annual church bonfire out at uh, so-and-so's farm. We're looking forward to it. It's always a great time, fun time. Looking forward to everybody being there. Now, remember last year what happened, where we ran out of food and all that? Please remember this year. This is just for us. Don't go inviting a bunch of people. This is just for us. I thought, what a, what a lost opportunity. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, a lot of times, there are activities we're already doing, already planned, that can be great get-to-know-you events, ways to invite people, ways to connect. If we're thinking with that kind of an uh, evangelistic mindset, and we see that potential. All right, third piece. Third of three here. Regular sharing of message. Sharing God's message is found in Scripture. Lots of ways this can be done. Small group setting. One-on-one. -on -one. Uh, public events. Um, events held in a church. Events held in a Sabbath school classroom. You name it. Events held in a home. But in some way, regular sharing of message. Important thing here, regular, frequent. And ideally low budget, because low budget and frequent tend to go together. High budget and frequent is not sustainable. Regular, low budget. As we do this, we improve. As we gain experience, as we practice, we get better. And like everything else, the learning is in the doing. we got to jump in and try it and say, well, that didn't work. Let's try something else. Or part of that worked. Let's do more of that. Or this might work better if we try. Hey, that did work. You learn in the doing. And every situation is different. So we can't give you the magic formula for, for where you're at and the people you know and the environment you're in. You gotta just jump in. Now we do have some tools 
that I mentioned uh, a little earlier um, for sort of traditional or small or even home uh, presentation of uh, evangelistic topics. Two different uh, sermon series that we provide for evangelism. There's some other things, some new things we're working on right now that we hope to have coming soon. But it's for anybody to use. Not hard to use. And uh, it's free. So that's something you can get a hold of. If, you, if you're interested in that, you can go to our website. You can also email us, and it's sharehim, no, I'm sorry, info at sharehim.org. And we will hook you up. Info at sharehim.org. And this isn't just for Carolina Conference. We have formal relationships with essentially every uh, conference in the North American Division. So we can definitely get some materials to you um, if that's something you're interested in. Key is, though, the power's not in the materials or in the presenter. It's in the message. Too often we think that it's through our abilities. The fact is, we can't change hearts. We can't change minds. That has to be a miracle. God does that. Um, And praise the Lord that he lets us be part of this as we share what God has done. So, uh, again, those materials, we're glad to get to you. We used to provide them this way. Now it's a download, so it's an easy way to get some of those tools. So we've looked at three pieces, three steps to a healthy lifestyle of evangelism. Notice part of this was about relationship. Part of this was about message. And sometimes people will be approached with message first. Can that work? Yes, it can. Definitely can. We've seen it work for years. But message, if they're going to be a part of a, a family of believers, message has to also have an opportunity for relationship. We've seen this for years, too. We've, there's been far too many message-based events where we have people, you, you've heard this, you know, we had those people that came in the front door, went out the back, I don't even know their name. Well, that's a sign of where part of the problem might be. I don't even remember their name. Sometimes you can have relationship first. We see this too. Can that method work? Yes, yes it can. Definitely. But at the end of the day, it's not just about relationship with us. We're seeking to help people build a relationship with God. And that comes in response to message. So there needs to be both. There needs to be both. And we've looked at those three pieces. One, building a deepening relationship in the one-on-one setting. Two, was building relationship in the network, in the group setting. There are a lot of opportunities we have. Some of them we don't even appreciate or realize. But seeing with those evangelistic eyes where we see the opportunity and praying, Lord, help me not be, help me not be approaching people in a way that will 
that will cause me to cut off the conversation. Help us keep the conversation going. And give me wisdom to know when to speak, when not to speak. And then the third piece, what was it? Regular sharing a message. Regular sharing a message in some form. There's a, there's a thousand different ways. main thing is something. Doing something. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Isn't that the truth? And we don't need to prejudge, we just need to share. Amen. You know, Jesus invested in people. He even invested in Judas Iscariot. How who who are we to decide who isn't worth investing in? Man. Yeah. Can less. I give, uh, what you just said about Please, quick, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was the only person baptized. I had really long hair back then, really long hair. I had bangles and bracelets, you know, all that sort of stuff, chains. And one of the guys, the guy who got me, this was back in 1978, so we didn't have this sort of stuff. Everything was on, you know, slides and everything uh-huh. else. And I, I, for lucky, I can't remember his name. He's probably dead now, so he was reasonably aged then. And he said to me, he said, I'm going to be honest with you. He said, when I saw you walk in, I thought, well, he'll never, he'll never be interested. Mm. And he said, I learned something that you shouldn't judge people. And that's 1978, and I'm still today. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. So what you just said is very true. And I'm living proof of that. Hallelujah. There's, there's a logic to that. <clears throat> it's true. It's true. John. God, God himself said he doesn't want anyone to perish. Uh, he, he, wants, he wants everyone to come to him. That's right. He died for all of them. I can't say that because I don't know that well. Yeah, that, that 90 and 9... And the shepherd goes for the one, doesn't he? I'll tell you what. Well, good stuff. <clears throat> you know, I've 
That's an inter inter interesting hypothetical. All right, here we go. We are going to split up into twos. We've got a few minutes yet. So we're going to split up into twos. Find someone you don't know, and you can sit beside or just enough that you can converse there. And we're going to try something, okay? Let's, let's split up into twos. All right. Find somebody. <clears throat> okay, we're gonna we're gonna try something here. We've been talking. All right, you found somebody. Here we go. We got a few more people. A few more people. All right, let's find somebody. Great. All right, here we go. Up here. We've been talking about... Okay, folks, here we go. We've been talking about sharing what God has done. Sharing what God has done for others. Sharing what God has done for me. I'm going to try something here. We're going to practice for just a quick minute. And we're going to share a story. Each of us is going to have the chance to share a story. And here's what that story is. In, in very short form, it is something that characterizes my life before accepting Christ. Okay? Something that characterizes my life before accepting Christ that has changed since. And for each person it will be different. Maybe it is um, self-centeredness. Maybe it is struggling with uh, some kind of addiction. Maybe it is um, fear. Maybe it's worry. Maybe it's um, pain. You know, I don't know. And, and, and it may be a combination of those things. But we're going to think for a moment about one element in your life, in my life, that reflects in an in a encapsulated form, me before accepting Christ. Then, very briefly, the fact that, that I did accept Christ. How did that happen? In very brief form. Okay? One or two sentences, three sentences. And then, my life since. And God's still working on me. But there's been a difference. There's been a change. What do you call this? It's a testimony. It's a testimony. Sometimes we think of testimony being a big, you know, 45 minutes, and I stand up front and I tell you the whole detail of my life story. Rarely will you get that chance. Almost never. And rarely will anybody want to listen to it. Almost never. But there are chances sprinkled in our life and in our conversation to bring that what God has done for me. They sometimes talk about this as an elevator speech. What's an elevator speech? We get on the ground floor 
going up to the 30th, somebody says, hey, how you doing? What are you working on? You say, oh boy, this is, this is the big shot. This is the buyer. I got to tell him, but I only got a few seconds. Okay? Well, you know, here's this, 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 this. They think of this in sales all the time. Elevator speech. The idea here is it's short, it's to the point, and it, it shares the, the, the meat of what happened. Okay, and we're going to try this real quick. I'm going to give you a little bit of time. Let's see here. I'm going to give you one minute. I know, I know, it's tight. Whose birthday is earliest in the year? Of you two? Go ahead and figure that out. All right. Whoever's birthday is earliest in the year, you're going to listen. All right? Yeah. Whoever's birthday is latest in the year, I'm going to give you one minute. And we're just going to try this. You know what? This is a safe place to try. We are all rooting for each other. We're just going to try this. This is something you learn in the doing. And we're going to just briefly share, again, me before Christ, me meeting Christ, my life since. Okay? Very short form. Let's take one minute and we'll begin now. <clears throat> Okay, about 10 seconds left. Okay, thank you. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> now you say, wait a second, I didn't get a chance. I didn't finish. Wait a Don't worry, you're going to get another chance. Don't worry. All right, we're going to switch. That's it, that's it. We're going to switch now, and uh, yeah, the person with the earlier birthday, if you would take one minute now and share, beginning now. About 10 seconds. 
Okay, thank you, thank you. All right. All right, now this isn't really quite fair what I'm doing to you, I'll admit. But again, we learn in the doing. It's good practice. By the way, you probably come from a church full of people you can practice on. Yeah? Remember, there's value in sharing what God has done for us and in our lives. Okay, let's turn it around. The, uh, the, the person with the later birthday, I'm going to give you 45 seconds. 45 seconds. We're going to condense it down even further to squeeze that experience down. 45 seconds starting now. few seconds left. Okay, thank you, thank you. Sorry, got to run. Okay, great. 45 seconds, that's not much time. But we're living in, you know, today. And the reality is, a lot of the interactions we have, they're pretty short. And rarely is somebody going to say, you know what, I got about 45 minutes with Nothing to do. Let me just uh, hear your hope now. This is sprinkled through our conversation. Something that God has done for me. Something I've seen. How he worked in my life. And it will vary depending on who you're talking to. But again, we learn in the practice, in the doing. Okay, let's switch up. 45 seconds beginning now. All right, thank you. Thank you for sharing. Got to run. Got to (laughs) go. All right, thank you. Okay, one more time. We're going to switch back. You're going to get 30 seconds. 30 seconds. I know this isn't fair. All right, 30 seconds. Okay. Here we go, 30 seconds please, beginning now.
Believe it or not, that's 30 seconds. Okay, thank you. Thank you. All right, and we'll switch it up. So last person, you get 30 seconds, please, beginning now. Okay, that's it, that's it. 30 seconds. Thank you, thank you. It's pretty amazing how that time flies. But this is good practice. And you can practice, you got all your friends, you got all your family, you got people you can practice on. There's value in your story. It's not somebody else's. It's your story. And I can't really, you know, I can't really challenge that very easily. That's been your experience. Can't argue with that. Praise the Lord for the story he's given each one of us. It's a valuable tool in sharing what God has done. Okay, we're just about done. One quick thing, very short thing at the end I want to share with you before we go. Um, I've mostly, this whole time we've been talking about... uh, Share him in our, in our equipping and encouraging role here at home. I did mention share him trips, which are for youth and young adults. I have a little short two-minute clip here. This is a young lady two years ago who came with us on a share him trip. Her name's Lisa. She comes from Finland. And this is her story. and I come from Finland. I live on the countryside. We have like two neighbors and I'm the fourth child, youngest, and I'm still in high school. I came to God one year ago. I signed up for this without really realizing what I was doing and here I am. It's amazing to go to Mexico and preach. Every day we start with morning devotion and after that I usually go to repair the sermon for a few hours. About seven o'clock we'll leave to that church and my taxi driver and translator will come with me when we get there. Those people are really excited to meet me and we have the worship and the sermon and people pray and after that they thank me and we chat for a while. I decided to go to this program because spreading the gospel is really important to me. When I go get back to Finland, I think that one thing I will remember is that I had my first sermon two weeks ago, and now when I look at back, it is now, at the moment, it's so natural. You just go there and spread the gospel. It's easy. And when you ask the Father, that please give me the words, I cannot do this by myself. Words have started coming out of your mouth. It is amazing. It's, it is know that God is with you. And now when I get back to Finland, I know that he will be with me in Finland too. So when I preach, I, there's nothing to be afraid of, because he is with me. That's what the Share Him trips are all about with youth and young adults, inspiring and developing that passion for sharing the gospel.
Next year in the summer, we're planning to take young adults from here in the Carolinas and throughout the Southern Union and throughout the U.S. and Canada to a share him trip in South Africa. We'll have, uh, over the course of the summer, several different groups involved. We try to always involve a conference youth or young adult director or someone in a role who's mentoring on the trip and back home. The value of this trip is in the two, three, four years following the trip and the mentoring back home that, that feeds that spark that can come out of a short-term experience like this. So I would ask two things. One, if you would, uh, if you think of it, be sure to encourage some young people, some young adults that you know. Uh, this is primarily targeted, this particular trip next year, for age 18 to 35. We do have some, some, uh, uh, some slots still open for this. And so we're inviting youth and young adults to be involved next year in South Africa. The union and conferences there have been very kind to invite us to come and be involved with them. They don't really need us to come do this. They're being gracious to let us come be with them. And we know that these young people will grow through that experience. So I'd ask you to, if you would, invite young people. Let them know about this. Secondly, we call this program our Share Him Young Evangelist Program. And it's only possible as people help with some of the financial costs for these young people. They're responsible for the majority of their costs, but we're thankful for those who support young evangelists. Uh, last year, there were several here at Junaluska who were supportive, and um, our average assistance for a young adult is $600. Uh, that's, uh, that also works out to $50 a month, and we have several people who've helped us uh, seek to inspire these young people if someone supports a young adult, we do make sure that they receive, uh, that you receive a, um, a picture of that young person when they're on the trip. Uh, you'll receive a note from them as well. Um, and uh, ahead of time, we'll let you know who it is you're supporting. You could be praying for them during that Share Him trip in that evangelistic campaign. We do have some cards for those who would like afterwards. Feel free if you'd like to take one. Each of these cards is numbered. It represents a specific young adult who we are planning to have be part of this program for next year. And if you'd like to assist with part of that cost, it makes a major difference and a long-term impact on the life of those young people. So just a heads up on that. All right. Some good stuff today. Why don't we stand as we close? <clears throat> Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this chance we've had today to just talk about and think about being more effective in sharing you. Lord, what an honor it is, a privilege and, and a duty and a responsibility to be part of the plan of salvation for others as we share what you have done, as we share what you are doing and what you can do and want to do in each person's life. Lord, I just ask that we will be not afraid. I ask that we will not be discouraged. Help us to, to realize the power that is in your word and in the message. Help us to realize the power that's in our experience, our story. And help us be willing to share what you have done for us. Guide us, I pray, in this remaining week of camp meeting. Help us to take advantage of each opportunity that's before us. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ.
Amen. All right.